Hello, I'm Richard. I'm Theo. And in this episode, we'll be exploring the culture at SAS surrounding exam studying and so exam preparation. So for this podcast, we were curious about whether students were studying just for the sake of studying. So we conducted a survey on 73 students, including uh, mostly juniors and sophomores and also freshmen. Yeah, and so we asked students the question um, of which studying methods they spent the most time doing. And on average, people rank practice questions first, followed by reading and methods of recall, like using flashcards. So uh, on average as well, uh, students were spending 3.7 hours on AP or IB exam practice per day, and on average uh, 2.6 hours for SAS exams per day. So this is a lot, and this is um, per exam, right? Per exam per day. And if you're taking many classes, that each have an exam, um, this would obviously consume a lot of your day. So one major thing that I noticed in our culture preparing for tests is this idea of exam season stress and this like normalization of spending very long hours on studying for the same material. So sometimes even personally, I feel like affected by this. For example, um, sometimes there's this pressure to spend time to study because other people are doing it too. And like, if I don't do it, you know, that's not normal. and as high schoolers, we're always trying to chase what's normal and what's what would be like what other people are doing. And I think uh, a large part of this is on the part of the school because, for example, quiet study hours or allowing the day before off. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of expected to use that time before the AP test to study. And so um, if you're not studying, then what are you doing? Yes. Even if you don't actually need that study time. Yeah, so we thought that by informing um, more people about actually efficient evidence-based study techniques and ultimately applying these techniques into your um, into you know more people's lives we will be able to save more time for more people and hopefully provide a beneficial effect so Richard what are some of the essential ideas behind studying effectively so one major um, evidence-based technique is using recall active recall and space repetition so um, one thing that I've picked up just from looking through YouTube videos and other courses, which we'll talk about later on. But one major thing is um, blurting. So blurting is something that I've talked to my friends about, and a lot of them have adopted this, and mm-hmm. it's been very effective for them, yeah. I would argue, yeah. And so it's basically writing down everything that you know about a question or a subject or like a topic or concept based on very broad questions. And this is kind of similar to um, making summary sheets, right? Um, especially if you fill it, you're, you're filling in what you missed afterwards and you're not actually like referencing your notes while making them and you're just doing them from memory and seeing which parts you're missing, which parts you're weak on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, another um, very helpful tip, not a tip, but like a um, method is to use mock tests and practice questions, except uh, especially for um, like external, externally monitored courses like AP and IB, who I believe I, I know for AP for sure that they have FRQ questions available mm-hmm. online that are from previous years, so they're very realistic and also outward aisle practice. And obviously that's very encouraged by teachers already and people are already taking advantage of that. Um, and do you want to talk about the last part? Uh, sure. So yeah. f- um, the last uh, really effective way of practicing recall is flashcards. So um, this isn't useful for all uh, subjects mm-hmm. or but it's especially useful, for example, uh, for subjects like bio or APUSH that are very content heavy or economics. 
Um, or for, for example, for math or physics, uh, I use it for chemistry uh, to remember like the formulas. And uh, for example, we highly recommend RemNote, uh, which is a, a website that automatically does spaced repetition. And what that is, is uh, spacing out your practice and it automatically records which flashcards you've historically done uh, worse in or better in and prioritizes accordingly. So let's say you uh, you can't remember the answer to a flashcard at all, then it'll remind you to redo the flashcard in like 30 minutes or something. And aside from talking about purely the good study methods, we also wanted to mention things that I we notice or know that people are doing at SAS which aren't necessarily um, beneficial to study. So the first thing is rereading, highlighting, and the things along that line. This is actually proven by evidence to be bad and leads you to look at a page without actually trying to remember or recall information in a way that would be helpful um, for actually storing the information in your long-term memory. Mm-hmm. And this will could make you think you're learning when in reality you're really just spending time. But you can also modify certain bad strategies to be good. For example, uh, rereading and reading isn't helpful, but if you make the strategy effortful, such as uh, converting like a passage into a diagram or a diagram into a passage, you're putting effort into uh, that conversion, and that's what helps you retain that memory. A lot of people also mentioned using YouTube videos uh, to study, probably uh, for subjects like econ. Mm-hmm. And so you can also try making questions for yourself while reading or watching the video and test yourself on them afterwards. Uh, And this is helpful even if you're not studying for an exam. For example, uh, in class, you you can practice making questions for yourself and testing yourself afterwards. And yeah, and we're not not saying that these videos are bad. Obviously, we all love Jacob Clifford and ReviewEcon.com, but... Um, there are certain stages of learning, right? The first stage is you have to understand the content. And I think those videos and reading textbooks, for example, is obviously very important. And you have to understand the material in order to you know, regurgitate it or um, use it to answer questions on a test. But in order to remember the material long-term and store it in your memory, that you know, if you already have a solid understanding of the material, rereading it or re-watching videos is not going to help you. Instead you should turn to the strategies that we already mentioned, such as flashcards and recall. That is going to be more, most beneficial for you. So I understand, Theo, you have a few studying strategies that you would yeah. like to talk about. Um, okay. What are they? So uh, especially for studying for, uh, for example, like advanced pre-calc math tests, there's always a bunch of topics and uh, like a few learning targets. And right now, the conventional way or what a lot of people do is just plan out, okay, let's say on Saturday I'm going to do uh, I'm going to review learning target one, and then on Sunday I'm going to do learning target two because the test is on Monday or something. But that you, you never really stick to that schedule, and also you're not prioritizing according to what you really need to study for. So it's better to use something called a retrospective revision timetable. There's a link in the description uh, with a really good explanation on it. But what you do is you have all the topics down one column and then you, the date of the last time you revised it. So maybe the last class or when you took the minor assessment or the CFU. And so I write, write down what grade I got for that minor assessment or CFU and then I can prioritize according to which learning targets I'm historically uh, have done weekend. However, this is mostly useful for uh, early stages of studying. So for AP tests, for example, AP chemistry, 
um, for all of the eight units and then doing that is really helpful for learning what you uh, haven't learned before or you what you don't remember well but at a certain point like Richard just mentioned th that only goes so far and then you just need to practice at some point so this is really just useful for early stages uh, another another really useful strategy is studying with friends that can make your time much more enjoyable but this is only if your friends shut up so make sure make sure your friends shut up so you can try uh, with your friends like the Pomodoro technique which is uh, working for 25 minutes and then having a five minute break then you can spend your time with your friends and then that makes it uh, the studying time more enjoyable you can also ask your friends certain questions which could be very helpful as well yeah and sometimes it can be very hard to make sure that your friends shut up like Theo said for example like sometimes you know you think that you're studying effectively and you're going to like have a good study session with your friends, but you're not going to, if, if you know that you're not going to study effectively with them, you have to yeah. study by yourself. So be very careful about this technique. If done well, it's very good. Yeah. If done poorly, it just wastes your time. And so lastly, we want to talk about a few courses and YouTube channels that, um, not YouTube channels, YouTube videos that are very effective that we found um, in teaching you how to study the most effectively and sort of synthesizing information from these different sources help you come up with your own strategy. That's ultimately the most beneficial way here. Um, so firstly, I want to talk about a Coursera course. It's called Learning How to Learn. And it's just, it's something I started recently and it's a really good introduction to recent research, I guess, on psychology with learning and that sort of stuff to really get you started. On Coursera, Coursera is free, right? Yeah, this one's free. There are, there are a few paid ones, but okay. those aren't really necessary. Do not buy those. Right. And another resource is a book called The Only Study Guide You'll Ever Need. I know it's like a really clickbait title, but it's actually a really high quality book. And there are a lot of methods and also research included in the book that um, is written from a student's perspective. And I think that was really helpful for me. But it's worth mentioning that a lot of channels and a lot of productivity videos are incentivized to make you just, uh, just be clickbait and... Uh, you might not want to go down that rabbit hole. Not to say that there aren't good videos, but just be careful about uh, this aspect. Yeah, like don't try to follow like what mm -hmm. one YouTuber says exclusively. Yeah. And I think, at least for me, uh, I've been kind of tricked into sometimes thinking, oh, um, the solution to my uh, procrastination is to find the perfect next method or yeah. the perfect uh, system to do app that. But in reality, what I need to do is just do the work. So in conclusion, a few of the techniques that we talked about in this podcast episode include recall techniques like blurting, flashcards, and practice questions, and also revision timetables like Theo mentioned, and also conditional studying with friends. So when you're applying these techniques to your studying, uh, it's best to, when you're starting out, just try focusing on one or two strategies at a time and slowly building uh, what you already know. And by doing this, you'll be able to save more time on studying and also potentially have better outcomes. And so by saving more time, if you know that you are being more effective in your studying, there is no real need to conform to what other people think how much you're studying or sort of the cultural perceptions of the reasonable amount of studying time. So in a survey that we conducted, circling back to what we began this podcast with, we asked two questions at the end of the survey. The first one was, how much, how prepared do you think you are for the exam that you're preparing for? And the second is how much others would think that you um, are preparing for the exam. And people 
rated themselves an average of 3.5, while they rated other people's perception of how prepared they were at 3.7. So don't feel bad as if you're behind everyone else. In reality, other people are more behind than they seem as well. We also want to remind you guys that we're going to link, in addition to what we just mentioned, including the Coursera link, the YouTube video, and the book, we're also going to link an infographic to help you remember this more visually in the description. And if that doesn't work, go to our Instagram page at EchoSSPX. That'll definitely work. Thank you for listening, and I hope this podcast helps.